0: Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. Now, here are the Friars.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Become Fire podcast. Brother Elijah DeLello with you, and Father Peter Teresa. Hello, hello. Good to be here. And we have another father with us. But
0: not the one you think. No,
1: no, it is Father John of the Cross. Welcome, Father. Welcome, Father. Thank you. It's good to be here as Father John of the <laughs> Cross. <laughs> that's right. That's yes. right. The recently ordained. And so, and uh that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're just gonna talk a little bit about your experience. Uh it's been a it's been a long and a beautiful journey for you. So a long journey. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: we we talked about your journey a little bit last year, right? We last did summer, yeah, the, yeah with yeah. the origin story. So, if you haven't heard that podcast yet, we encourage you to go back to episode whatever number last summer and listen to now Father John Cross's origin story. But now, this is kind of like the the the, the a beautiful chapter in that story. Yes,
1: and uh, I mean, many people were able to come and to take part in. The ordination and the first mass, but for those of you who maybe haven't been to an ordination or haven't experienced something like that, like this, it's it's a it's a beautiful thing. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: so Father, how's still it? getting used to it. I looked at Father Peter Teresa at first when you said that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, oh, we do something. Awesome. Uh, we do something in the in the friars where. You know, there's a couple of transitions during the time as a friar, so yes. it's, it's the name change. Mm-hmm. And so if you get the name wrong, you have to say the right name three times. Yes, as you strike and your breast. So, yes. And so if anybody has, has forgotten to call Father John of the Cross Father, we have to, we have to do a, a little bit of a mea culpa. Yes. You know, my fault.
2: Three times we say, "Father down on the cross, Father down on the cross, Father down on the cross." We've we been get it in, their, in We've our pre- head. We've been so pretty fun. good. Brother Paul's been the main, the main, <laughs> the main antagonist. Uh, we're doing good. We're just joking. We're doing great, though. Uh,
0: that's great.
2: So, Father, it's been
1: you know about a week or so since your ordination. So, how's it? How's the first first few weeks of priesthood been?
2: Um, it's been pretty exhausting. There's definitely a lot of work to do <laughs> yeah. to build the kingdom of God, Maybe, but. Uh, uh, It's really exciting, Uh, and I just said, to be honest, like I feel like more of myself than ever, which is a sign that this is, I think, what I'm supposed to be doing, that something definitely shifted, but I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'm more of the person who God made me to be. Yeah. Mm. That's beautiful.
1: And, um, you know, I'm just thinking back to, I mean, it seems like everything just goes so fast, but just thinking back to actually the day of ordination, um, and, and it was you and, and three other men who ordained to, to the priestly office. And there are a couple of points within that mass um, where, you know, it, there's just uh, – just the symbolism is just so rich. Um, and mm-hmm. I know, you know, at one point you had said that, you know, when you actually were anointed with the chrism, that, that Bishop really went for it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Bishop really
0: went for it. He, uh... well, if you could – so. What is the anointing of the chrism? Why does why do we anoint a priest with chrism on his hands? And then we just kind of share why and then what happened with you.
2: Yeah, the reason why we anoint a priest's hands with chrism is because it's through the priest's hands that the Eucharist is confected. It's through the hands of the priest that people are anointed, um, that I make the sign of the cross whenever I say the words of absolution to forgive sins in the sacrament of confession. And so my hands are actually sacramentals. So sacramentals— um, our objects are things that bring grace. So, holy water is a sacramental, or exercise salt is sacramental. And now my hands are actually sacramentals. And that's all I could think about <laughs> as I was going up there. I'm like, wow, my hands are about to be sacramentalized. That's amazing. Um, and so, at, at baptism, we're anointed with chrism on the crown of our head. Yeah. So, at baptism, we're anointed as priest, prophet, and king. And so, there's the priesthood of all believers that we enter into during our baptism. But at the priestly ordination, you're actually being configured to the person of Christ, the head. Mm. And so the anointing um, with chrism on the hand showed that your hands are like becoming the hands of Christ. Mm. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And what was that experience like for you?
2: Um, it was just really exciting. I mean, Bishop put a lot of chrism on there. He did it once and he had a big smile on his face. And then he,
1: <laughs> he basically
2: reached into the oil and like lapped around too on me. And then just kind of put my hands together and smeared them around. Um, Then another beautiful tradition with that is the cloth that you wipe the chrism off with your hands is called a maniturgium. And once you wipe it off, uh, you end up giving it to your mom after your first mass and she's buried with it. So whenever she goes to meet uh, our Lord after her death, she can say that her son was a priest.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's so beautiful. Just kind of maybe just keeping keeping going with just the hands uh so you said your hands the priest hands then become sacramentals they become sacramentalized they now become instruments of grace for for blessings uh so then you were able to then give all of these first blessings uh and so and then so you can maybe just share what that was like and then what people traditionally do with the priest hands after the first blessing and what that was like for you yeah
2: there's there's special grace um attached during the priest's first year to his first blessing. So if you see me during the next eleven and a half months, <laughs> I can still I can still dish him out. Um, but it was really wild. I gave him first to my parents and then uh there were a lot of people who I didn't know, but a lot of people who I did know. So a lot of my friends from Pittsburgh and Detroit came into town and it was just this beautiful experience of being able to um father them with a spiritual fatherhood that mm. I didn't have before and to give the blessing um of Christ the head to them, um, which was really amazing. And so it's, it's traditional after the priest gives a first blessing to kiss his hands. So the brothers did that and Bishop Olmstead did that, which I was kind of wowed whenever Bishop came up. What Um, was it
0: like to give a blessing to Bishop and then have him kiss your hands like
2: that? It was really, it was really humbling. I was like, Wow. This is for real I mean I just promised <laughs> obedience to him like an hour and a half before yeah, that, yeah. so you can't get too big of a head but yeah. I was like no this is this is real I'm sharing in his ministry and yeah. that's a that's your recognition of that yeah
1: that's beautiful that is really so beautiful and then there's also a point i mean i i uh at any time there's like a liturgy you know with ordinations or even like you know vows or whatever it might be there's there's always just it's just such beautiful um uh, liturgical symbolism, but the point where, you know, you and the other men prostrate and they're, everyone's just praying for you with the litany, you know, what was that like for you?
2: Um, yeah, this was the third time I got to prostrate in my life <laughs> after uh, my final profession and my diakid ordination. But the biggest experience that I had this time, which was different is I was experiencing the saints in a real way, but I was also experiencing the presence of living people mm. um, who couldn't be there like my spiritual father um, and some nuns who I knew were praying for me mm. that mm. I was able to experience their presence in a real way like they were there. And so it really showed to me that the communion of the saints isn't just the people in heaven, but mm. we're also part of the communion of saints. And so yes. um, that was really wild. That was really incredible. That was a special grace that day. Amen. Yeah. Uh,
0: that's, that's really, really cool. Praise
1: yeah. God. <clears throat> and uh, also, I think... You know, obviously, Franciscan friars of the Holy Spirit, but you got to do your first Mass on the vigil of Pentecost.
2: I did. Yeah, no, we uh, we get right to work. I mean, <laughs> I gave those blessings, then the brothers whisked me away for a quick burger yeah, uh, at the, Five the, Guys. The
0: traditional burger, the five traditional burger at
2: Five Guys. Well, after the
0: ordination. Um, oh, yeah.
2: Then I heard some confessions and uh, got, uh, got in ready for my 4 o'clock first Mass. And so I think it was a beautiful opportunity to be able to celebrate the Holy Spirit, to pray for the Holy Spirit as a community, to be joined by both my brother priests in the community, um, some priests from Pittsburgh where I was Mm -hmm. studying to be a priest before I became a friar as well, Um, and just to be surrounded by my friends and family, uh, to say a Mass of thanksgiving to God. I offered the Mass for all those who supported my vocation in any way. And so that was a really, um, really beautiful experience just to have people from so many different walks of my life to be able to be there for that, and to celebrate the Eucharist with them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. It was a beautiful liturgy. And was there, um, I mean, obviously the, the, the there's so much symbolism with the Holy Spirit in connection with the priesthood. I mean, everything from the anointing oil, you know, that is a symbol of the Spirit. But for you to be able to celebrate your first Mass on Pentecost, you know, and then for our community to have that devotion to the Holy Spirit, um, were you experiencing, you know, even just in the mass, was there any way in which you were experiencing more deeply just the Holy Spirit in particular through the, the priesthood?
2: Yeah. I mean, there's a moment like right before I consecrated the Eucharist where I was about like, this bread is about to become God in my hands <laughs> through the power of the Holy Spirit. And yes. this is pretty crazy. Yes. Um, and so I think just the Holy Spirit's ability to bring about the sacraments to bring us the Eucharist was something that really struck me as I was saying that first mass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen.
0: Amen. I remember after my first mass, like, I felt like I had an answer to when people asked me, like, hey, like, what's the craziest thing you've ever done? It's like, say mass. Like, <laughs> like, like yeah, that sure. was yeah. wild. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, like, I just can't believe, like, yeah. I just did that, you know? And so I, I can definitely, definitely relate to, to that feeling for sure. Amen. Yeah. So you uh, mentioned the, the
1: um, but there's also a tradition as well for something for the dads. Isn't
2: yeah, it? and I think this is a more recent <laughs> tradition, mainly so the dad doesn't feel left out. Yeah. But it's a beautiful tradition. <laughs> so the idea is that you give your dad the stole from the first confessions um, that, you hear, that you hear. And uh, yeah, because the father, um, he's the merciful judge. And so it's your opportunity to be the merciful judge and so that's why I had to get into the confessional uh before I said my first yes. mass. And I was 20 minutes late and I had a couple friends lined up, but uh well it also happened to be a parish confession time, so yep. some extra people got in on yep. that. So yep. that uh <laughs> that first stall has not just one, but several confessions on <laughs> there it. There you so. go.
0: <laughs> that's so beautiful. It's awesome our action. Yeah.
1: That's awesome.
0: The uh so we're talking about sort of the the mitre and the stool and these some like the stole, something that a priest wears. And I think a really special moment for me during your ordination was watching you get vested as a priest. And so, uh, can you share who vested you as a priest? Maybe why you chose that person, and then what that was like to be all of a sudden. Just you're just dressed as a priest now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh... Well, I'll start by saying my my original hope was for Father Tom Acklin, who's my longtime <laughs> spiritual director and yep. spiritual father, uh, to vest me as a priest. Mm-hmm. But spiritually, he was very present, but due to his health, he wasn't able to be there. Yeah. Um. And so I asked Father Athanasius, who'd been my director for the last four mm-hmm. years um, in Detroit, if he would vest me. And he's a fellow son of Father Tom, so it seemed fitting for that reason. Mm-hmm. And he's also really been a father to me in terms of Um, helping me reach the priesthood. When I left the Diocese of Pittsburgh to join the Diocese of Phoenix and the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit, he told me he'd get me ordained a priest. And he didn't really have a whole lot to back it up, but he had faith (laughs) and he saw it through. And so I wanted him to have the honor um, for that reason was the biggest reason why I had him do it. Um, So yeah, it's like all of a sudden that deacon still has gone and (laughs) I'm dressed just like all the other priests in the community. That was really beautiful. I took a little longer because I had a hood, and so they were waiting for me for like 15 or 20 (laughs) seconds. But it was better than my deaconate ordination when my stole fell off. (laughs) Yes, it was very dignified this time. Very dignified. Very
0: dignified, yes. You looked great, and you still look great. Thank you. That's right. That's right.
1: And so, again, it's been, you know, only about two weeks or so Hmm. since your ordination. Wow. Um, Anything so far in your, in the, these first days of your priesthood, um, that have been a particular blessing to you and anything that's been a surprise?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's obvious, but saying mass is obviously <laughs> the biggest <laughs> blessing. And I mean, hearing confessions, yeah. like that's kind of why you're signed up, yeah. um, to do the whole thing. Uh. I think just like doing funerals so early on has been a surprise. Mm -hmm. I had to do a very difficult funeral for a suicide um, Mm -hmm. last week. And uh, the chief of the parish, I guess she wasn't the chief, but the elder at the parish basically asked Father Anthony like, well, does like even like know how to do this? And he's (laughs) like, well, he's watched me do it some. Um, But kind of being thrust into a role where I was really having to help father and be emotionally present to these people in a really difficult situation was a challenge because – Um, unfortunately we have a lot of funerals, which are like that. And Mm. I know I'm going to be faced with more of those than most of my classmates, but it was a wonderful opportunity to bring the compassion of Jesus and to bring, um, love of Jesus to people who really needed it. And so that, um, that was a surprise. And also, um, it's very interesting saying mass, uh, by yourself. I ended Mm. up saying mass by myself for the first time on the day of the final profession of brother Elijah and brother Lawrence, I was assigned as the MC, so I couldn't Mm -hmm. can celebrate. So I woke up early and said my own mass and it's just interesting making the responses yourself. (laughs) Um, But, uh, all the angels and saints are still with you. So like, he doesn't feel alone alone. So that was also really interesting. Mm. But, um, Yes, is the code of canon law, and my professor, Ed, Pe- Doctor Ed Peters, encouraged me to do. It's always better to have people there if possible. So I wasn't scheduled for parish mass yesterday, and I popped my head. He was like, "Yeah, if you if you see someone, you invite them on the way." So I invited uh, our employees who I saw on the way, and they came to my mass. So that was that was <laughs> oh, a lot nicer. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, praise God. I love that. Yeah.
1: So what? Um, what would you say? Because you know we have uh, we have some young men uh, both discerning our community, but we also know other other young men who might just be discerning priesthood or, you know, a, a vocation. Um, and today, especially, it's been um, I think very hard for for some of the younger generations to discern a call. And you've obviously been through quite the journey, you know, feeling a, a call, um, you know. Midway through, really your your seminary years to then leave seminary and join the the Franciscan friars, and then eventually going back to seminary. So, um, thanks be to God, you've been docile to what the Lord has called you to. Yes, but, amen. do you have any advice or or any um, reflections for you know maybe some young men who might be discerning the call to the priesthood?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest thing is like if you feel like God's given you the grace, just to act on it because you really can't know unless you try. Mm. And if you feel like God's speaking to you clearly, you really have nothing to lose by um, by joining. At worst, you're going to get really good prayer and good <laughs> academic formation that's going to benefit you no matter what vocation you end up entering. And I think it's just easier entering young. I started seminary at 19 and religious mm-hmm. life at 22. And so my entire adult life's been in the institutional church more or less. And I think it just is a little bit easier than if you get out in the world and you're kind of doing your own thing for a while there's less opportunity less opportunity to develop bad habits and get into bad stuff so um I know it's a little bit cliche but I just tell guys to go for it as, as soon as possible
0: yeah. yeah yeah that's great Yeah
1: And I think um when they see you know when they can see that someone like you has done that, you know, and, and committed themselves. And, and I think that the fruits of that are, are very evident in your life. And even in just the first few weeks of your priesthood, mm-hmm. um, with a lot of the things that you've preached and just the way that you pray the Mass, I think uh, the fruits of those decisions are are evident. So it's a credible source here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> amen, amen.
0: <laughs> Father, John LaCrosse, you said uh, earlier that this— has really made you feel more like yourself yeah i'm wondering if maybe you could just
2: break that open
0: and and what what does it mean well and how and how do you think that has happened or how that works
2: i just feel more comfortable and more at peace Mm and just my identity and what the lord's called me to and i feel like the way that i can relate to people now as a priest is it's almost just more natural than Mm -hmm. when i wasn't a priest because god's made me for spiritual fatherhood and God's made me able to re- relate to these people in this way. And I'm just I'm just very excited. And I think there's just a real joy in being able to be Jesus to people mm, yeah. and to be Jesus in a way that you only can through the ordained and the ministerial priesthood. I mean, as a religious, you're already, con- I mean, I've already been yeah. consecrated to God and you're already configured to Christ um, in that way, which is a perfection um, of the baptismal vows. But it's just a lot different. I mean, like walking even into like, the grocery store, like, there's just more options. Like, I can reconcile sinners to the church. <laughs> I can anoint people if there's right was an there emergency. in the coffee aisle. Here, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for some Walmart confessions. <laughs> so, I had my travel stole with me the other day when we went to Walmart to pray for people. It. Nice. So, I'm all, yeah. I'm all ready. I'm all ready.
1: Yeah. yeah, I was gonna ask you, how does this change your evangelization in Walmart? So now I know. I mean, it just gives more <laughs> options.
2: Like if someone yeah. says they're a fallen away Catholic, like you know that trying to get them to get a confession is like a lot easier because yes. I can just step outside and do it on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think being able to actually like provide those types of things for people because a lot of times it's a big jump for people to get from Walmart to a church. And so mm-hmm. knowing that I can bring Jesus through them in a way that's more intentional and can be more of a bridge to bring them back to the church. Yeah. I think that's the biggest way it's going to change it, but it's still nerve wracking, still handing out a lot of miraculous medals. And yeah. I don't think it really changes everything a whole lot besides the added dimension of what I'm able to, what I'm able to offer.
0: You might be able to anoint them too.
2: I could anoint them if I needed to, to yeah. as well. That would yeah. be interesting. That would
0: be interesting. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, a lot of, um, the, the people who I think that are still trying to figure out maybe like, like who we are, what it is that we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember maybe it was you, you were telling me at one point that, you know, when you explained to them about the priesthood, it like really just kind of clicked for them. Mm -hmm. Like it really just kind of made sense, like why we're here and what we're doing. So I think, um, once they kind of understand that and hear that, they really kind of like, um, maybe gain a respect, but there's even maybe also like an inclination to be like, okay, like, like I understand what you're doing here, you know? Um, When that being said, what would be your hopes, you know, for maybe even just the the first year or so of your priesthood, what would be the hopes that you would have, uh, to be able to, to kind of minister to these people? Or what is it that you, maybe the Lord might be putting on your heart to, to bring to the people?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a lot of excitement is the first thing. I'm just really excited (laughs) and I want to share that with people, um, yeah. And I just think it's also just being able to show people that having beautiful and reverent liturgy and um, being open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit really aren't opposed. I mean, my first mass was celebrated ad orientum and was a beautiful mix of Latin Gregorian chant with um, the readings and most of the prayers in English. And I think it was really just um, a lot of like the best type of liturgy that the church can offer in terms of just being able to integrate both the past of the church and the present of the church in a really harmonious um, and beautiful way, but also to just go um, evangelize. I mean, I was definitely praying over people when I was given those first blessings and (laughs) trying to receive things from the Lord for them. Um, And so I think just seeing that um, there's not a contradiction between liturgy and evangelization, they really feed each other. And I think too, just to hopefully inspire some more men um, to the priesthood and to join our community. We've, We've been blessed with, um, we have one novice right now, and uh, God willing, we'll have a postulant uh, here in August. Amen. And we don't want to get Father Peter Teresa too, too busy. <laughs> but um, bringing in bringing in more guys and at least being able to get classes of two or three guys where guys can have a little bit more fraternity, something that's on my heart. And mm-hmm. so hopefully this year, just inspiring some more men to join our community. Oh, amen. amen. That'd be great. Amen. You've alluded to the fact that your
0: first days and weeks as a priest is not typical. Uh, even it's not typical th- at all. <laughs> <laughs> so typically you get ordained, you say your first mass maybe the next day or so. You you take some time off, spend some time with family and, and do some first masses. But you said mass within like five hours of becoming yeah. a priest. And then again at 8 a.m. the next morning. And then again at 8 a.m. the next morning. You were then thrown right into our ministry here with the the Native Americans on the reservation and we're covering funerals and things like Father that. Father Anthony's on vacation this week, so yep. we're a little extra busy. Holding down the fort. And so uh so you've been uh, been thrown right into the fire, thrown right in the deep end and and that's been beautiful to see. But you're gonna have an opportunity to go home and visit some family. And so Yeah. What are you looking forward to maybe on this kind of first mass tour?
2: Uh, yeah, so... so
0: where you can share your priesthood with I, some other people. I'm
2: very happy that I was able to get two weeks of ministry right away just mm-hmm. so, like, you know, can actually see what it's like. Um, yeah. But uh next week, I'm headed to the beach with the family, which will be, <laughs> which will be really wonderful. It'll be some well-deserved be some rest. some well-deserved rest. And then after that, the, the community was generous with a little extra time. So I'll be doing two weeks of first masses around um, the Pittsburgh area. So it's an opportunity to get to share... Um, my priesthood and my life with people who mm. were really influential to me yeah. um, and who I don't get to see very much these days um, since I'm on the other side of the country. And so I think being able to see people, I think especially being at my home parish, um, mm. the, or the last priest who's been ordained there uh, is now in his sixties. It was over 30 years ago okay. and it's a large parish. St. Saint, uh, Saint Patrick's was it when I was growing up after the mergers. It's now St. Oscar Romero in Cannesburg, PA. But I know there have been many people praying for me for years and years and years. So to show people that their prayers actually do result in priests, I think I'm very excited um, for that mass, uh, in particular at my home parish. It'll be first Saturday, so it'll be in Mm -hmm. honor of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And then just to get to be a priest for my friends and family and other places that have been influential, um, I'm doing mass at uh, a Byzantine women's monastery (laughs) uh, called Christ the Bridegroom outside of Cleveland, Ohio. And... Those nuns have been a real source of spiritual support and friendship. Yeah. And I'll be doing Roman Mass, not Byzantine Mass. <laughs> um, but getting to celebrate with them, because I know they were really praying a lot for my ordination, yeah. especially the last year and a half, yeah. will be really exciting as well. That's awesome. And then I'm actually going to Detroit after my vacation's over uh, to cover the parish in Detroit for uh, two weeks while Father Athanasius takes his va- vacation. Mm-hmm. And I was assigned up there the last four years. And so. It'll be a cool opportunity to get to see everybody and minister to the people who I've been ministering to as a seminary and then as a deacon, um, but as a priest here briefly. And so that'll be a real grace and blessing uh, yeah. as well. Yeah. And getting to say Mass in that altar in Redford, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, St. Mary of Redford. They do don't—they just don't make churches like that everywhere. Yeah. And so that's going to be really cool, getting to say yeah. Mass in one of the most beautiful churches in Detroit. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Our churches in Phoenix are beautiful in their own way, but um, they're small mission-style churches, mm-hmm. which is— a lot different than having a a huge Romanesque uh, church with a high altar and an organ and all of that.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, it's so important what you're saying about, um, I think all of us could attest to the fact that there's been people praying for us, Mm -hmm. our whole journey. Um, and so if there's people out there who are currently praying, uh, for those who are either in seminary or maybe someone you think could have a vocation, you know, those prayers are very powerful. Yes. Um, even just the fact that we're here as friars. A lot of those prayers from from our native peoples, um, we can say a big, big part, if not most of the part, <laughs> as Amen, to why yeah. we're here, just that yeah. persevering in prayer. Yeah. So praise the Lord.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: Well, we're going to be wrapping up pretty soon here, but I have a creative question.
0: Okay. <laughs> this is always the... Uh... A moment of trepidation here on the podcast. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like... When Brother Elijah springs the question on us. Something out of a
1: movie here. But <laughs> if you could journey, let's say like 20 or 25 years in the future. Oh, wow. And see your, your future priest self. Wow. Right? Um, what would be something that you would hope, uh, you know, 25 years in the future, mm-hmm. that your f- future priest self would be doing in his priesthood or what type of man would that, would that priest be?
2: I guess I'd be hoping there'd be more priests around me than there are right now. (laughs) It's a lot of work just having four of us. Um, and so I hope the future priest self of mine could be spending a little bit more time praying and just doing priestly things versus just running around everywhere. (laughs) But this is exciting too. Um, so I guess that would be my hope that it could be a little bit more contemplative in 20 or 25 years, yeah. um, but that I would have done 10 or 15 years of really hard work to build the kingdom of God and I'll help get the community more established. Amen. Father, uh, Sister Martha
0: out at St. Peter's is always teasing me that I, I need to smile more. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so uh, I hope that I'm smiling more, and I hope that in 25 years, I'm smiling even more. So I'll say that. So you want to be a smiley priest? I don't know about a smiley priest, (laughs) but a smiling priest. Let's not get carried away here, okay? (laughs) I don't know if I can ever reach Brother Lawrence level, but just, you know. It's something to shoot for. Yes, it is something to shoot for. Yes, he is a beautiful example for us. (laughs) Well, Father John of the Cross, so good to have you. Thank you. Would you please give us your blessing before we end the podcast?
2: The Lord be with you and with with your spirit. spirit. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May He let His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He turn His countenance towards you and give you His peace. Benedicat vos, omnipotens Deus, Pater et Filius, Spiritus Sanctus. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire Podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www becomefire.faith. dot faith. That's dot F A I T H. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith. slash That's become fire.faith slash gift. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.